0: Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, today we're gonna be talking about how do we fund our family bank? We've been talking about family banking for quite a while, but to me, I believe that's one of the keys that we can use for creating wealth. So it makes sense that we take time and really dive into this. Now, I'm not gonna review what we talked about for the last few weeks, but I do wanna remind you to be hungry to learn about key financial concepts. Understand how interest works, compounding interest works, financing works. The things that scare you, help understand how they work. Because fear is something that keeps everyone pushed back. Oh, don't do that. I heard that's not good for you. Oh, oh, okay, so I won't do that. And yet many times it's good for you. It's just not good for the other person or it's in someone else's best interest that you stay afraid. And so what we want to do is dispel that so that you have clarity and really have confidence when it comes to making financial decisions. So I encourage you, whether it's watching our YouTube channel, whether it's having our free initial consultation, reading books, what a great way. I know Five and I are working on putting together a series, an online series to really help individuals just dive into the foundational core components of finances. I truly believe that if faith-based individuals could understand how money works, we would be able to live and give in the manner that God has for us. And so that's one of the goals of why I'm on every week for the past 24 plus years is to make sure you have what you need to be able to move forward. So last week we talked about, we started our discussion on how to fund your family bank, right? We know that we want to put one in place. We know that it can provide you liquidity, use, and control of your money. It's a great way to give you options in life. And we can get really excited about, Crystal, I want one of those, and the fact that it can grow tax advantage so I don't have to worry about taxes. Sign me up. The problem is, once we sign you up, there's money that it takes to fund it. You've got to put the money in it in order for you to be able to borrow it out or to donate it or however you're going to do your family banking. So we want to make sure we find what are areas where we can find money that you've been losing, unknowingly and unnecessarily. It doesn't mean that you have to go get a second job just to be able to do a family bank. I'd rather just be more efficient with your resources. And that's why we talked about where we're gonna focus is in the transferred money area. Because remember, there's three types of money, right? There's your accumulated money. That's what you're putting into your savings, your investments. Those are what you're storing for your future. Then there's lifestyle money, which is what you're eating right now. (laughs) And then there's transferred money. And the transferred money, Well, that's the wasted money it's money that you're giving away because remember every time you give away a dollar what happens very good you got it every time you give away a dollar you not only lose that dollar but everything that dollar could have made for you so as we become more efficient with our resources then we can have the money to be able to put into our family bank so last week We focused on mortgages, and unfortunately, we didn't get through the whole training module that I would have loved to gone through, but we hit some key points, and I am going to share one more key point because I feel that it's important to understand, but we talked about the fact that many times because people are in a rush, they want to get that mortgage paid off, they overpay on the payments that they're making. And we gave an example last week saying, hey, well, if I pay $1,500, Crystal, that's a lot of money. And I'm not saying it's not, but in 20 years at 3% inflation rate, it's going to feel like what, $830, $850? It's not going to feel the same as it feels today. And so we have to understand that the bank has agreed when they have a mortgage that I will take the 1500 even though today 1500 can buy 1500 worth of groceries 20 years from now 1500 will only buy 800 and something worth of groceries so we want to make sure that we understand that and not be in a rush to get that paid off so a lot of discussion in there a lot of fear when it comes to mortgages that I found out or the misconception that my mortgage well my house is an investment Well, it's funny you should say that because that's the one point I wanted to go over before we find another area, which is going to be qualified plans that we talk about in regards to, hey, maybe money could be positioned differently and still prepare for retirement. But first, what I'd like to do, I want to finish this discussion on the mortgages. And I just want to show this one slide to those of you who are watching on YouTube. And of course, I'm going to verbally walk it through for all of my radio listeners. So I basically ask the question, is your house a good place to park money? A lot of times people say yes, because think of the equity that I will build in that house and it will be an investment. Understand this, you are not guaranteed that you're allowed to take the equity out of your home. If banks feel that the money is getting tight, they can say, Sure, I'll let you take the money out of your home, but I'm going to charge you 10% on an equity line of credit, not 4%. They can raise the rates to discourage people from doing it. But if you need that money bad enough because you're saying that's how I was going to plan to put the kids through college and you're willing to pay whatever rate, that still doesn't mean you can get your hands on your money. You still have to qualify. It still has to be appraised. And what if you've worked so hard to make sure you're prepaying and getting your mortgage paid down so that there's a huge amount of equity that's in there? They say, okay, you can have the equity, but we're going to charge you 10 or 12% for it. But first we have to do what? Have to appraise your house and make sure the house is worth it. Well, what if that's the time when the market goes down and the house doesn't appraise for what it's worth? I say these things not to be Miss Gloomy, but because these are realistic facts that we need to understand that our house really isn't an investment. Our house is a place that we sleep. But because our house becomes a home, which means we emotionally become attached to it, then we don't look at it through a dollar and cents efficiency manner. We look at it as something to protect, love, and cherish, not understanding we're hurting ourselves financially when we take the wrong point of view. I'm hoping that really resonates with you and makes sense. So let me walk through this question, is your house a good place to park your money? And again, I'm going to, for those of you on YouTube, join me on the screen and hang in there, my radio listeners. I'll walk you through. So let's pretend that the current market value of your house is $250,000. In this day and age, I think that's pretty reasonable with what's going on out there. And let's pretend that you bought this house 25 years ago and you only paid $100,000 for it. So you're like, wow. Ah, look at that. Don't tell me, Crystal, that after 25 years, I didn't get a good return on my money. I can sell it for $150,000 more. Okay, okay. Just pump the brakes there for a minute because let's walk through this. Not only did you buy it for 100000 but I want you to think about what improvements did you make on that home? If you made improvements like I made improvements, I bought a house for $150,000, oh, 30, 35 years ago. Okay, but now I look at all the improvements that I've made on it. We've all, most people I talk about, uh, talk to, they have made improvements. So let's just say in this case, though, you only made $25,000 of improvements over 25 years. So unrealistic. All right, so we're just gonna say that, right? Keep it nice and small. But I want you to also consider... Did you pay anything in property and school taxes over 25 years? Maybe did you pay 5000 a year between school and property tax? That would be pretty good when you're looking at what tax rates. If you're from Niskayuna, you know what I'm talking about. So let's say over the course of the time, I'm just gonna list those two things. You had home improvements of 25,000 and you had taxes that you've paid every year of 125,000. So that's all I'm putting in there. Now, you and I, right, we know, chances are you probably spent more than that. I'm not talking about what it took to decorate the house and the drapes and everything else that you did. I'm just keeping it nice and simple. Bought a house for 100, Spent $150,000 on improvements and taxes, sold it for two hundred and fifty. dollars So what would be your rate of return? 0%. I'll just say it another way, 0.0%. It's 0. 0. 0.0.0. And what we don't understand is we say our house is such a good investment, but are we adding up everything? If you gave me a hundred thousand as a deposit, and then you gave me five thousand a year, and then you gave me another twenty-five thousand, and so you total gave me two hundred and fifty, and then twenty-five years later said, "Crystal, all right, I'm ready. Lay it on me. What did I make?" And I said, "You, drum roll, please. Two hundred and fifty thousand. That's how good I am." Would you? What would you do? You'd be like, what? I gave you 250 and you said I have 250. Thanks for not losing it. Right? Okay, so that would not be happening at Crystal Clear Finances. So let's just make sure we know that. But my point of the matter is we can see how kind of funny that would be, right? Sad kind of funny. But yet that's the way we look at our houses as an investment and we're not calculating all the expenses involved. So I would just really encourage you, as you're thinking of ways, maybe you're meeting with your financial planner, maybe you want to start working with Five and myself at Crystal Clear Finances, one of the things that we need to do is we need to find those places where you're losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily, where your thought process has said, nope, this is an investment, so I need to keep going this route, and maybe, just maybe say, well, wait a minute, perhaps, and I know I'm stepping on toes, but perhaps Having a 3% mortgage because you can make more just on CDs and keeping control of your money may be a good step for you to take. It's at least worth considering. Now, with that being said, I want to make sure that we move from talking about mortgages. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about qualified plans. Now, the reason why I want to talk about qualified plans is because this is what I believe we're taught. Grow up, get a job, make money, pay your bills, and then make sure that you put money in your 401k. Pretty much, right? And if you don't have enough money, what do they tell you? Get a better job. And then you get a better job. And then what do you do? You pay the bills, usually get a bigger home, pay the bills, and then take whatever you can and you put it into your 401k and we're constantly being taught this path and yet when we put money in a 401k I go back to what I said last week is how does that give you liquidity use and control now a lot of times people say well crystal when I put it in a 401k I can always loan the money from myself that is true. And if you let get let go before age 59 and a half and you have an outstanding loan, then you only have a short period of time to pay that loan back. Otherwise, it's considered a distribution. And since the distribution happened before you turn 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty. Hi, vey. So is it really liquidity use and control? Those are those little golden handcuffs that keep you working someplace that you don't want to work because you can't pay the loan back. Because if you had the money to pay the loan back, you wouldn't have taken the loan in the first place. So these are the areas that we need to begin saying, huh, maybe, maybe there's a better way to do this. So let's take some time and let's talk about the different type of qualified plans that are out there. Now, qualified plans, when you hear someone talk about that, that's talking about retirement. You have to be qualified to touch your own money. Yep, you have to be 59 and a half. And there's a whole set of rules that go with it. And that, again, is why last week when we were talking about the mortgages, the mortgages, many times, when we overpay on our mortgage, we are making our house a qualified plan. I'll let that roll by, past your brain just really slow. How is that happening? Because just like a qualified plan at work, you have to qualify to touch it. The same thing happens with your house. You have to qualify to touch your equity. So remember, it's about liquidity, use, and control. That's how we're able to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves. That's how we create the wealth. But if we are so locked in and we don't have access to our own money, then how do we get ahead? How do we win? Or more accurately, I should say, who wins? Because if it's not you, then where is all that money going? Is it the banker who has everyone paying them back as fast as they can so that they have no control of their money, that the bankers are going to turn out and and re-loan it out to other people at a higher interest rate? Is it the qualified plans and the money managers? We have to figure out, how do we put you back in control of your money? Which is what family banking does, but now we've gotta find the money to do the family banking and because we've been trained, Pay off your mortgage as quickly as possible. Because we've been trained, put everything into a 401k. Well, maybe it doesn't sound like that, but put everything into a 401k. You get the idea. These different ways of how we're gonna pay for college, how we do our major capital purchases, how we have our taxable bank accounts. We have been trained in a way that literally has caused us to give away the liquidity use and control of our money. I just happen to think it's time that we take it back we're going to take a quick 60 second break and we'll be back with more crystal clear finances just like soft skills are needed to have impact within a workplace Understanding the softer side of money can help individuals financially provide for themselves and those they love. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Numbers are factual. One plus one does equal two. But that's math, not money. Just knowing math doesn't make you wealthy. Otherwise, we'd all be wealthy sitting on a beach somewhere. Learn the softer side of money found in your money mindsets, your money memories, and your money myths, and gain the confidence needed for every financial decision. Call 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for being faithful listeners on the radio and for viewing us on the Crystal Clear Finances YouTube channel. I enjoy our time with you, and I hope you enjoy those times when I'm able to bring my son into the studio. Last week, he did it all on his own. Kudos to him. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to begin to help you understand how finances work because I want you to be able to comfortably provide for yourselves and for those you love. So let's turn back into our discussion today because we're talking about qualified plans and the reason why we're talking about qualified plans is underlying it all, is I want you to know you need liquidity, use, and control of your finances so that you have the opportunity in life to take advantage of opportunities that come along, that you can say, yes, I've actually have money set aside in my family bank that I can do this. I can buy tickets to the Braves game. I can do whatever those things are that are those family memories to you. All right, so qualified plans. Let's talk about it. Qualified plans do two things. They defer the tax and the tax calculation. So let's talk about that. What does that mean? They defer the tax and the tax calculation. Well, the tax deferring the tax means I got my paycheck. I didn't wanna pay taxes on it now. Uh, like who does. So I decided that I will put my money into a 401k and I don't have to pay taxes on it until I take the money out. Now, I have walked so many people through retirement and it is common, they'll say, Crystal, I need 3,000 a month coming from my 401k, which we have rolled over into an IRA once they retire. When that money comes out, that's when they're taxed. They forget that. They say, well, I've got a million dollars in a 401k divided by how much I think I'm going to need each year. tells me how many years that I have that I'm going to be able to enjoy this. Oh, if only money was math. Because that is math that you're talking about. That's not money. That's not how it really works. And that's why it's important to understand, not only did it defer the tax when you put money in the 401k, but here's the kicker. It defers the tax calculation. It's literally saying, I trust you, government. Oh, that was almost hard to say. Let me say it again. again. It's saying, other people are saying, I trust the government that when I get to retirement and I'm older, I'm tired, and I don't have a job, the government will say, oh my gosh, you hardworking American. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna cut you a tax break. I'm gonna lower taxes so you don't have to pay much in retirement because you're just that good. That does not happen. What happens is, is that at retirement, the government says, this is how much tax you get to pay. Oh, did I offend you? Oh, is that too hard? Does that mean you can't go on vacations? My bad, but you still have to pay it. And that's why we need to understand, you're not just saying I'm deferring or postponing my tax. I'm even postponing what they're going to tell me my tax is. I think I would rather pay my tax while I know what it is, rather than pray that when I'm down the road, that they're going to say, yep, I'm going to give you a lower amount. Now some people will say, but Crystal, I truly believe that in retirement, I'll be in a lower tax bracket. And I've already commented on my opinion on this. But one of the things you have to begin looking at is say, well, then really, what tax bracket do you think you will be in in retirement? A lot of times people don't think about that. One of the ways you can look at it is think about what you're making right now. What is the income coming into your house? And out of that income, how much are you saving? Now, you might say, well, Crystal, I'm sure I'm saving something. I'm just not quite sure the exact amount that I'm saving. I can make it easy for you. Here's what you can do. You can say on January 1st, this is what my savings account said I had. And on December 31st of the, that end of the year, this is what my savings account said I had. Wow, I saved nada. I saved nothing. Or wow, I saved $50,000, wherever it is. But my point of the matter is, with that income that's coming in, figure out how much you're saving, then to subtract that out, and then that shows you what you're living on. So if you have a hundred thousand and you save ten thousand and that means you're living on ninety thousand that's probably i'm thinking what you're going to need in retirement are you planning and this is your question for you are you planning to live at a lower lifestyle in retirement yes or no if the answer is no i don't want to live at a lower retirement then that means you're probably going to be calling the office of crystal clear finances and saying hey Uh, I still would like that $90,000. Can you send it to me for my 401k? To which we would be happy to do it, but you know what I'm going to ask you. Remember when you kicked that can down the road and you said, I don't want to pay the taxes now. I'll pay it when I'm older, tired, and don't have a job. Today's the day. You're older, you're tired, and you don't have a job. So I'm going to have to ask, how much do you want withheld for federal? 20%. How much do you want for state? Is it 10%? And then I will send it to you. So it's either 90000 from your 401k that I take out, then I take out the taxes, send it to the government, and then you get what's left over. Or I say, you want the full 90000 and I send that to you, and then I take out even more and have to send it to federal and state. That's when we're talking about, you have to understand what do you think your tax bracket will be. Which I know is why people say, that's why I want to have my mortgage paid off, Crystal. Because then I will have less that I have to pay off. But if instead you were looking at that money and you said, hey, here's the money that I have. Maybe I put it in a family bank and that money grows. That is an option, not a recommendation. Again, being very careful with compliance. But making sure that you understand it's not just the way you always thought it was. You know, I I learned a long time ago that if you don't like the situation that you're in, stop doing the same thing. You've, you've got to look at it differently. If you are working, which most people that I know are hardworking Americans. If you're working as hard as you can, and you're still not getting ahead, then we need to look at what's wrong, what's happening. Where can we look at it? Now, sometimes it will be the budget like, Hey stop buying $40,000 pair of sneakers or whatever the case would be. But a lot of times, it's not a huge amount of overspending. A lot of times, it's just an unawareness that, oh, maybe I shouldn't be uh, prepaying on my mortgage. Oh, this is how I should pay for capital major capital purchases through my family bank instead of through an institution. Oh, here's how I put my kids to college for four years. And then at the end of the four years, I have these resources over here that didn't count against them for FAFSA and I'm able to pay it off. Here's how I save for retirement. All of those areas are ways we can get the funding working for a family bank. So let's keep moving forward. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is many times individuals will say, Crystal, I like my 401k because of the match. And actually, I do too, but let's talk about this and then I wanna show you an example of this about how efficient it is or isn't with a company match. All right, so 401k, as we know, is a qualified plan you put the money goes in directly from your paycheck, you get to decide what percentage you work with your HR department. They pull the money out of your paycheck, it goes into whatever investments you choose. Nowadays, many times what happens is if you didn't choose what investment to put it in, they have a default one. And then that default one, it just continues to go in there. If you are doing a 401k, I would I can't say recommend, I would find it interesting. (laughs) And maybe you would find it interesting to look at what your 401k is invested in to make sure it reflects what you want. So that's a 401k. Many times you can take a loan from a 401k, but then they take it out of your paycheck to pay it back over the next five years. If you get fired and you have a loan outstanding and you're less than 59 and a half, you know the deal, 10% penalty if it's not paid back. Now, other qualified plans, and I'm just going to mention them as well, and then we're going to go through an example. Other qualified plans are like an IRA, because what is an IRA? An individual retirement account that's for retirement. So that's why it's considered qualified plan. That has its own rules. Hey, if if your age is less than 50, then okay, you can put $6,500 in for the year. If you're 50 and above, you can put $7,500 in for the year. Same type of deal, you get to have a tax write-off on your taxes because you put money in an IRA, because you made a deal with Uncle Sam that when you go to take it out, he can tax you. There's also another qualified plan called the Roth. Now the Roth, the way that works is you say, huh, I don't know if I really want to deal with Uncle Sam. Nobody's going to tax me when I'm older, tired, or and don't have a job. So I think what I'm going to do is while I know what I owe and while I still have strength in my body and I am relatively younger, I'm going to make sure I pay my taxes now. Now, the nice thing about that is then when you put the money into the Roth and it hopefully grows for you over the course of time, then when you go to take the money out, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. And that's nice, especially because many people don't realize that your Social Security is taxed. So when you start taking your 401k money out, your IRA money out, your pension money out, they say, oh, well, look at all this money that's coming out that you're gonna have to pay taxes on. Well, you must be making too much, so we're gonna tax your Social Security, which Social Security was a tax when you were making money, but that would probably be its own program. So when you look at Social Security, I wanna make sure, hmm, maybe if I'm using a Roth, I don't have to be as concerned about the taxes now that are on my uh, social security percentage because up to 85% of your social security income could be taxed, not at an 85% tax rate, but up to 85%. So those areas, 401Ks, 403Bs, IRAs and Roths are what we consider to be qualified plans. When you have other accounts, the taxable accounts, those are more like your joint account that you have with hopefully someone you love, individual accounts where you have the dividends that are coming in and the government says, I know that you reinvested those dividends, so you're going to tax it. And you say, well, wait a minute. Why are you taxing my taxable account? I didn't take the dividends. And they said, but you could have and so those become taxable too. So when we're looking at the whole scope of this, if we can find ways to be most efficient with our resources, then that gives us extra resources to redirect into our family bank. All right, I'm looking at the clock. I'm wishing that I could go through this example but I can't because I've run out of time, but you can always call the office at 518-433-7181 and say, Crystal, really? You left me on a cliffhanger. Can you please talk to me about the difference between putting money into a 401k with a company match versus without a company match? Is there really a difference? You know what? I'll save that one and we'll share that next week. So give our office a call at 518-433-7181. Schedule a free initial consultation and then join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex facing them alone causes stress resulting in wrong choices missing out on opportunities and having to settle for a lower standard of living at Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through star Capital Management LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.